0: Running Light Ministry Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. You can support these podcasts by making a gift to the ministries at runninglight.org.
1: Welcome to the Running Light Podcast this week, this May 5th, 2016. My name's Bo. I'm Peter. And we're going to talk today about um, pornography and we're going to talk about worldviews a little bit. Um, Last week we had a really good talk just about pornography, which is really cool. It was really fun. Um... I thought there was a lot of really good insight into that podcast, and and I really hope uh, a lot of people listen to that. I, I mean, that's my desire. I kind of, it's almost one of those podcasts where you just go, "Hey, man, if they could just listen to that podcast, I'm sure their their worldview would get rocked a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and that worldview would be like just, uh, you know, the idea of okay, porn is bad, but really, why and what is porn and those type of ideas are conveyed in that podcast and because um, I think a lot of people just kind of don't think through it you know um, for sure and um, and you know worldview I think has a lot to play in kind of how we view pornography bottom line or how we uh, uh, you know what how we look at sex and you know because let's face it you know se- when you say sexual immorality um, or, or, or things of that nature um, you're already you're already uh, implying a worldview, that you already have this kind of worldview system, this way of looking at the world of what's right, what's wrong, um, what to avoid, what not to avoid, um, a, a set of beliefs that are being dictated, you know, are dictating your uh, your kind of actions in life. Um And it's like, and if you're a wife and say a husband is caught viewing porn, right when you get mad at him, that's a worldview. Mm. you know, if you get mad at him, it's because you're bringing a worldview into, uh, you know, your, your emotional life. You're saying, hey, this is wrong. Well, why is it wrong? You know? Um, And, and then if you say, well, the Bible says it's, it's wrong. um, Well, then that's obviously a worldview too, is that you have a worldview that the Bible says it's wrong, but now it's really up to you to prove the point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where does it say, is it, is it wrong? You know, yeah. and, um, you know, you have to go from there, but, you know, you know, uh, you know, obviously the Bible says that the fool is said in, in his heart, there is no God in Psalm, I think it's fourteen one, Um, and, and so from a biblical perspective, you know there is a foolish way to live and that's in a way that that has no God um, but yeah a lot of people would say when it comes to the issues of pornography they would say well it's all it's actually it's actually pornography nothing's wrong with it it's actually fine and nothing's wrong with you know sexual deviance of any kind really it's just you know it, it it's just you know because we don't have God we, we we don't have God so so there's no there's no kind of religious connotation uh as to why this thing's a wrong act um um and so you know worldviews do have a tremendous effect in how we see issues of sexuality you know
0: yeah i mean you'd have to absolutely go with that direction because if i'm operating from uh let's say you know western scientific kind of worldview, then uh, based on my worldview, sexuality really doesn't have any purpose or ultimate meaning. So why can't I just express what feels good for me personally? Um, So, you know, if I want to be homosexual, then why not be homosexual? If I want to view any type of pornography, why can't I do that? If I want to have sex with multiple people, even at the same time, I mean, who's to say that I can't? That's just uh, my own personal kind of humanistic view of myself and in fact in our society uh, nothing's really set by nature anymore uh if i want to if i feel that i'm a woman i guess i could just become a woman if i feel that um you know i'm uh, i'm a woman but i'm also attracted to other women i could do that as well you know there's there's really no limit anymore by nature or anything you can choose whatever you want and we call that ultimate freedom but then if you're operating off of like an eastern philosophy then it's like, well, the material world is gonna pass away anyway, and so why not just, uh, you know, live to fulfill your senses? And so that's why you have, you know, tantric philosophy in India and stuff like that. It's those people who believe that sexuality and stuff, the oneness of of the universe, is experienced through intimacy, and so you might as well just uh, go hog wild in that stuff, and that's actually getting close to God. Um, and and a lot of religions throughout mankind have thought that way that sex was a means to get near to god um, and that sex was worshipful uh, towards certain deities and so again if i had that philosophy and and a christian would come up to me and say hey sexual morality immorality is wrong i might look at you and say no sexual abstinence is wrong in a sin you know my version of sexual immorality is actually what the christian does yeah you know if i have that perspective
1: yeah i was kind of thinking about that too is that that just as, like, you can use evolution, um, you know, an an atheistic, you know, materialistic worldview, and just to help you guys with that that are listening, materialistic, materialism, is just the idea that matter is all there is, um, and that means what you see, you know, what you can feel, that kind of thing, uh, the matter that's in the universe is all there is, there is no anything outside of that, um, uh, so there is no God that would be outside of that. Um, but if you have that kind of idea of materialism, that what we see is all there is, and and obviously that that we've uh, got to this point as human beings through um, through a um, evolutionary um, uh, model, um, then you know it obviously the conclusion is yeah then we we are just animals we're just we are just you know in a sense larger brained chimpanzees mm-hmm. and so you know we we certainly can act you know uh, in animal like ways which would be just normal and i think a lot of books assume evolution that's the world view that they come from is that evolutionary world view and so it obviously um you know it, they're coming at the angle of okay, what is really wrong with adultery? what really is wrong with pornography? what really is wrong with these things? Um, but even if you even if we looked at it in a different way or uh, we looked at it not only like, okay, you know evolution can be certainly a reason why people um, can go and do whatever they want sexually, meaning it's it, it gives a reason to do everything sexually, it's it's not necessitated by evolution. Meaning meaning going after pornography or going after sexual immorality is not necessitate, necessitated by the belief in evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a falsehood too. So I don't want people out there to think that we're bashing just evolution and, and atheistic things thinking like, that's the culprit. That's why people do pornography. And that's the problem. And, and, and that kind of thing. It, it it certainly is a viable reason why certain people um, do pornography, but it's not the only reason. I mean, I think of like religious in religion circles you brought up um, different religious practices that use religion use the ideas of God to practice certain sexual behaviors um, even if we take a Christendom perspective of this and we look at just Christianity and the quasi uh, Christian groups that are out there like Mormonism, you know Joseph Smith and Brigham Young those founders of, of really uh, Mormonism, um, you know they used the Bible as a um, as a reason for polygamy, mm-hmm. and to, and to strongly teach that unless you practiced polygamy, you could not enter into the celestial kingdom. Mm-hmm. So 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 in a sense, uh, you know, sexual immorality is is uh, you know what necessitates sexual immorality. That is that is a worldview. Pers- I mean, that's a worldview kind of question, mm-hmm. because it can be you can have an evo- you can have an atheistic materialistic evolutionist mindset, and be led into sexual morality, and you can also have a biblical perspective of things, meaning you're looking to the Bible for your answers, and you can also have um, you can it it can lead you down the same trail. I guess that's my point. Mm-hmm. You know. You you can use both things uh, that would lead you in the wrong area, so so how do we know we're having the right world view? <laughs> That's kind of now the big question, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, that is the the biggest question, you because know, even there are materialists, there are atheists out there who use evolution as a justification for sexual monogamy, and actually they don't like porn either because <laughs> they said, you know, it hurts marriages. It hurts the nuclear family. Our greatest purpose of mankind is to propagate ourselves mm-hmm. and pornography hurts that. It, it cuts down on people, you know, dating and getting out there and procreating and stuff like that. So they, they actually kind of bash pornography. Some of them, uh, they use evolution as actually a reason to bash pornography and to uphold um, monogamous type living. Um, so the answer for Christianity uh, for us, I, I think actually comes in Proverbs chapter 30. Uh, a pretty wise guy by the name of, I think his name is Augur. I think that's how you pronounce <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, wisdom of Augur. He, he said this in verse 1. He says, The words of Augur, the son of Jaca, uh, his utterance, this man declared to Ithiel, uh, to Ithiel and Ukal, Surely I am more stupid than any man, and I do not have understanding of a man. I neither, I neither learned wisdom nor have knowledge of the Holy One. Who has ascended into heaven or descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Who has bound the waters and his garments? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name and what is his son's name, if you know? So what Augur is saying is kinda like exactly what me and Bo are talking about right now. In other words, if I don't have a heavenly perspective, I, I haven't ascended to heaven. I don't know what the gods or God is thinking. So how could I possibly know what's right for my sexuality? That's why he begins it by saying, I'm more stupid than any man. saying, I don't, I don't have any basis for believing anything unless I meet what, what he called the one who has ascended into heaven and has descended. And he asks what his name is and what his son's name is. And for Christianity, we would say that is Christ. It's Jesus. So what the Incarnation gives us is it gives us the perspective of God on all issues of morality and, and even sexual morality. And if Jesus really is who he claims to be, then I need to take seriously his statements about what the purpose of sexuality is and, and what I should be doing with my own sexuality. If he isn't who he said he is, if he's, a, if he's a fake, then I should just throw out all of his teachings and do my own thing.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of the linchpin. Right. You know, yeah,
0: it absolutely is, you know, and thank God that, you know, Jesus, not only he gave evidence to who he was, you know, through his resurrection, but um, also in his earthly ministry, he actually does tell us very specifically what the purpose of marriage is um, in, in, in Matthew chapter 19 and in other passages. And he insinuates that the purpose of marriage, the purpose of sexuality is to reflect a glory of God is to reflect the nature and characteristics of God. And so because of that, me as a Christian, I could look at marriage, and I could look at sexuality, and if I look at it like that, it's to glorify God. That gives me a really clear, delineated path of how I should act sexually and in relation to my wife.
1: Hmm, that's, and and that and that really, I mean, that becomes such, uh, you know, um, uh, kind of an, uh an issue for the rest of the world because whatever worldview you have, um, we always have to come back to, okay, is there evidence for Jesus Christ being alive? And I always love going on YouTube and watching the debate between Dawkins and um, um, John Lennox. Lennox, Yeah, Yeah, and what a cool debate. But it's so cool that one part in that debate um, where you have a Christian and uh, uh, an atheist going at it but where where John Lennox uh, the biologist I think he's a zoologist I'm not sure is he a zoologist or?
0: Lennox is a mathematician. I mean not Lennox da- I mean Dawkins, Dawkins. Uh, I
1: thought he was I thought think, Dawkins I was he's a just zoolog- a biologist. Okay. I'm, I'm not sure if yeah. he has any
0: specifications.
1: Yeah but um, Dawkins in there the uh, atheist you know is, is talking about you know his book and how and then John Lennox the Christian says well you say Jesus didn't even exist and so the, the issue becomes now is did Jesus exist and then as the Debate goes on. You know, it's so cool because John Lennox is finally like, "How can you say Jesus didn't exist?" Like, like I mean, historians believe Jesus existed. Archaeology tells us Jesus existed. You know, and so finally Dawkins in that debate concedes to that, and you know, and says, "Yeah, okay, he existed." And then, and then in the debate as it goes on, you know, Dawkins it, it goes, "Okay, I have to." He, you know, he realizes intellectually that if Jesus did exist, then you have to now make a decision on who you know, who he was, you know, if he really is the son of God, as it says in Proverbs 30, this guy, um, Augur, you know, is putting this, who's the son, what's his name kind of thing, you know, okay, what is he all about? And you could tell Dawkins just was like, you know, just, I can't buy into, you know, what's recorded about him. I just can't buy that that's true, you know? Now, why can't he buy it? Because he can't buy it, <laughs> you know what I mean. Because he, because he won't buy it, because he he believes in a in a materialistic worldview. Mm. So to to con- the conclusion is wrong. Meaning, meaning to Dawkins' mind, because his worldview is an evolutionary materialistic worldview, the conclusion that there is a God is a wrong conclusion. Mm. So Jesus, obviously, you know. Um, you know, could have been alive, but obviously was not God in human flesh and and all this stuff that supposedly he said is obviously bogus as well, mm. you know, because the conclusion is wrong anyway. The conclusion would be there is a God, we've been visited by him, and we need to listen to really what reality is. Mm. And that's what all of the world views are. They're all just debates about what is reality, mm. you know? And is is this really real or not? Mm. You know, um, and if Jesus is who He claimed to be, and we're we're we are a visited planet in a sense from God, then man, we're gonna have to, you know, look at sexuality from that, look at pornography from that perspective, and go, man, you know, what is, what does He say about that? You know, what is God's perspective of that? I might not like it, and I know in my flesh I hate it, you know, and that's just the honest truth. Mm -hmm. You know, in my flesh I go, gosh, why is it there? You know what I mean? But that's—but I've lived enough life, too, to know that just because your flesh, your— your bodily desires want to go another way doesn't mean it's necessarily correct (laughs) you know so um whether you're a christian or not you know and that's
0: obviously the the argument throughout the new testament when you have the new testament writers like paul and peter when they say you know crucify your flesh put it to death flee youthful lusts, when they're saying these things they're clearly using verbiage that says it's going to go against what you want to (laughs) do right right but their whole argument is if jesus is real if he really did raise from the dead, and you know him, you have a personal relationship with him, then what can you do but obey him? And Paul, in various parts of the Bible, he he says in certain ways, like, man, like, it is painful to crucify my flesh, but the alternative is far more so. Mm. You know, uh, like, Philippians 3, I think, is a great uh, place to go, where he says, you know, like, he, he talks about all the things he had, all the, all the accolades, all the pleasures he had in the world. And he says, all these things I count as rubbish for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. And Hebrews 11 says something very similar where it talks about Moses. And it talks about, man, like he would rather, you know, Moses being, you know, the prince of Egypt... Having, you know, obviously the dude was an idolater. Obviously, you know, he's grown up in Egypt. He obviously served Ra and all these other gods. Yeah. And he was definitely, you know. Around a lot of beautiful women. Around a lot of beautiful women. Probably, I mean, he was 40 before he he finally left that office. So definitely, he definitely had some some chicks, you know, around him. But it says in Hebrews 11, he took all these pleasures and he said all he found was emptiness. And when he looked at the people of Israel who were slaves, he envied them. Because he knew that they had the true God. And so he left all the pleasures that he had. And he said he esteemed the reproach of Christ as greater riches than all the riches of Egypt. And that's kind of what we got to do as Christianity. If Jesus is real, if he's correct, then he is far more pleasurable than porn. He is far more pleasurable than sexual morality. And so I don't leave pornography in order to be enjoined to him. I leave pornography because I am enjoined with him. That he is in me and that he does satisfy me and, and bring me greater pleasure. And another beautiful thing about that is that takes away my, my pride and my uh, desire to put people down. Mm. You Because know, if I have, if I myself just, you know, I mean, watch all the other religions, Islam, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, even atheists who've chosen to live sexually pure, they are intensely arrogant and smug against people who don't. Mm -hmm. They'll look at them and be like, man, those people suck. You know, look what they're doing. It's a cesspool. They're destroying us. You know, all these things. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians say the same thing. Mm -hmm. And the thing about the gospel is that, well, you can't really say that. Because the only reason why I abstained from sexual morality is because I was, by the grace of God, saved. You know, how could I boast about God saving me? You know, how could I possibly brag about that? You know, if it wasn't for the grace of God, I'd be just like everyone else. Mm -hmm. You know, in fact, I was for most of my life.
1: Yeah. No, that's a good good point. You know, um, man, there's a lot of good points there, Peter. That's for sure, you know. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, practically speaking, I think worldviews, you know, we live in a worldview that's very secularistic. So there's a lot of justification that can happen in our minds because of that, you know. Uh, meaning it's easy for us to automatically go, oh, well, that's okay, or this is okay, or, you know, this is fine, or, you know, because we get so influenced by a secular mindset, a worldview, um, you know, but for those out there that are struggling with that, and I do too, and I think Peter does too, we all struggle with it, we're all in it, you mm-hmm. know, As we always have to continue to build up our uh, understanding of, did Jesus live? Did he really say what he, what is written? And that's why things like studying textual criticism, um, studying the manuscript evidences that we have, is the Bible we read today really the Bible that was read uh, back in the day, you know, or has it been corrupted and changed? Um, those type of things. Does, does, does understanding that manuscript evidence for the New Testament, does it help us understand the, um, that the validity that Jesus is who he is? Is claimed that he is. Um, you know. It, it, you know. What do we learn from Jesus from extra biblical sources, mm-hmm. like Josephus or Claudius Tacitus or mm-hmm. these other people that wrote in history? Is there a little snig snigbits uh, that they've written that would help us to uh, go? Yeah. You know. The Bible isn't. The Gospels accounts aren't weirded out. They're they're accurate according to even what the secular historians. Um, wrote maybe not a lot about Jesus, but they certainly w- mentioned him, mm. you know? And so can we learn some things about that too, mm. you know? So, you know, is there is there enough evidence for us to go, hey, Jesus did live and he is who he claimed to be, mm. you know? Um, and I think that that is always a, a good study because that's always going to bring us back to um, fighting the battle against sexual sin um, from the right, world view mm. um you know and if we if so if you're not growing in that kind of study in your life you know it's going to be tough man to to brawl sexual sin because you're going to go hey you know well really what's the problem with this which what's, re- what's really you know because let's face it i mean pornography and sexual immorality is only a problem if you put a, a, a worldview on it you know because if if we are just animals and then let's, let's observe animals. I mean, let's go to the zoo and observe animals and say to your spouse, Hey, I'm just going to do what the animal does. Okay. And that's because that's what we are. Um, and there's no argument you can make against it because we're just animals, you know? Mm. Um, so, so, you know, I would say grow in your, um, studies of, uh, you know, textual criticism, apologetics—that would probably help out a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Apostle Paul—he definitely speaks on this in First Corinthians six, where he's he's kind of getting into a little bit of a discussion with the Corinthians over letter, which is kind of interesting. And and here he anticipates um, an argument from them when he's talking about sexual morality, and he says in First uh, Corinthians six, verse thirteen, he said. Food's for stomach and the stomach for food. So that would be their, their argument of like, hey, God gave us a hunger for food and it's okay to eat food. Well, he gave me a sex drive, so it's okay to use my sex drive as well. And, and Paul says, but God will destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for sexual morality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God both raised up the Lord and will raise us up in power. So he immediately, in Paul's brain, when he's making this argument, he immediately goes to the resurrection. What is the reality of the risen Lord? Do you know he lives in you? And then he goes from there. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the important part of that, you know, as you were um, talking about, Bo, is that, you know, sometimes in my relationship with God, a lot of times, I just, I know that he's in me because I feel him. Like he's, he's just so present and so beautiful and so wonderful. And it's amazing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then there are other times where I go through valleys where I don't feel God at all. And those moments, especially, you know, because Satan knows when we go through those moments and he tempts us, just like Jesus in the wilderness, he tempts us very frequently in those times. And if you don't have an adequate intellectual reason for believing the truth of Christ, you're going to go with your emotions because they're always going to scream louder than your head. Mm-hmm. You know, so for, for me as a Christian, during those times of valleys, during those times of lulls, I need to be very solid in why do I believe that my body is for the Lord? You know, why do I believe that it, it, it's not just to do with what I want, you know, but it's instead to, to crucify and it's instead to give it up to the Lord. And that will be far better. Like, how do I know that that's a reality? And that's where these things become very beneficial for us.
1: hmm. Absolutely. I would, you know, for those out there to, um, you know, just want to give you practical things. I mean, I think there's you know, uh, ministries out there that do such a great job, you know, go on online, go to CARM.org, C-A-R-M.org. Go to Um Just those, if you just go to those two websites alone, you're going to just get so many good, so much good stuff, you know, and things that will build your life um, and help you be rooted in the historicity of Christ, because to me, that's the linchpin of worldviews. Is is we all have world. Everybody has worldviews, but it's is. Did Jesus really live? Did Jesus really die? Did Jesus really raise? Mm. And and that's that's the input of the New Testament. If Jesus did not raise, Paul says in First Corinthians 15, then then really our belief is vain, and we are to be pitied among amongst all people. Mm. So really, our views on sexuality are to be pitied. You know, our views on pornography are to be pitied, Mm. you know, and, um, and so, um, you know, that is what we need to study and be confident in, Mm. um, certainly when those temptations come and when you fall, when you struggle and when you bail, you know, and because we live in a world that is very highly sexualized Mm. and so to not struggle with sexuality is very rare You know, and uh, so, you know, when you, when you want to, I I was, you know, down at the university the other day and talking to someone and just, there's, there's such a struggle there with that student to, to practice, you know, a homosexual lifestyle, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and it's like, you know, and, and thing is, is if, if Jesus didn't live, die and raise from the dead, then there's no reason why you shouldn't do it you know but that's the issue is if Jesus really if really lived and died and rose from the dead mm. then we have to figure out what he said you know and she asked me a really interesting question she said bo is it wrong from, for me to uh you know you know maybe you know be, you know practice this type of behavior you know and i really i really didn't want to say yes or no i didn't want to give that kind of answer um, I felt like, you know, the only thing I could give her was that, is that, is that it really, it comes down to, you know, Christ. It comes mm-hmm. down to, uh, you know, what we think about him, mm-hmm. you know, and how we're relating to him yeah. on those topics, yeah. you know? Um, and it's not that, it's not that students don't already know the answers to those questions. <laughs> and that's why I don't want to just say, Oh no! Don't do it. Yeah, you know, because they already know that. They've heard that their whole life. Most of these Christian kids, mm. you know, but it's it's it's. Do they have a relationship with Jesus to where they're looking to Him? They believe that He really lived, died, and rose from the dead, and that He's a viable source of truth. Mm. You know, and and that's the only that's the only way you're gonna. You're gonna really make the right decisions, or or make up your mind that hey, you know what, this isn't the way I want to go. I want to be transformed into the ways of Christ. Mm. You know, um, but that it's not gonna be through me, some leader, some some person saying, "Oh yeah, don't do that." Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's gonna be through. It's gonna be through them having knowing who Christ is, mm. and 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 wrestling with that. Yeah. Just that the apostles had to wrestle with it, and everybody else has to wrestle with it.
0: Yeah, and what a great word for, for parents as well. You know, because, I mean, if you, if you do have a, a kid who's viewing pornography, you catch doing anything, you know, having sex with their uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever, you find out that they are struggling with homosexuality, or whatever it is, um, I mean, the first question that you should ask before anything is, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Because yeah. if the answer is no, then no amount of you saying, no, it's wrong, it's sin, I mean, do you really think that that's going to do anything? I mean, again, best case scenario is that, oh, they're a sexually moral atheist, which is great, <laughs> but sexually yeah, but moral. but they don't athe- know why. They wouldn't know <laughs> why they are. <laughs> they, don't, they have no idea why, and it, it doesn't benefit them one one bit. Yeah. You know? I mean, Paul's advice is, he says in First Corinthians 15, if Christ ain't raised, he says, let's drink, eat and drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. Hey, yeah. well, why, why not? you know, get drunk and, and have sexual morality if there is no God. So, I mean, the, the first thing that you really need to get down to with anyone if you're dialoguing about sexual morality is, what do you think about Jesus? Do you have a relationship with him? Yeah. Um, and if, if the answer is no, then, hey, what are you going to do? And even, I'll say this as well, if I ask someone like, hey, do you have a relationship with Jesus? And they say something like, well, I'm really trying to be a Christian or I'm really trying to be moral, then I need to bring them back to page one of the gospel because if they believe that somehow getting free from sexual morality is going to make them righteous before God, then don't do it. <laughs> you know, don't do it, because that's going to put you, that's going to put a yoke and a burden on your back mm. that will never be lifted. Yeah. And they need to understand that, no, you are saved by grace. And it is, as Hebrews 10:14 says, is those who are perfected forever that are being sanctified before God. So unless I understand that, I can't I can't become purified anyway.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we'll end the the podcast on that note. Um, Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from Running Light. You certainly can check out um, some information we have on runninglight.org. And we hope to um, that these uh, podcasts benefit you. Check out runninglight.org to begin our two video series, Take Flight and Love or Lust. You can also send us questions on Twitter at Running Light or on our runninglight.org podcast page. Like us on Facebook at Running Light Ministries, Psalm 36:8. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures.